So we kind of began today, early this morning at 7 o'clock, talking about, you know, going to be on for the next four weeks, three more after this. But next week, normally I would start on Rosh Hashanah, the uh, first day of Tishrei, which is the head of the year. Come on and kind of break down the prophetic look at the month. And I will be back next week for that. But the reason I'm here today, September 11th, is because 2,023 years ago on Rosh Hashanah, it happened to be September 11th, and that was the birth of Jesus. So we wanted to look at this day, and because Rosh Hashanah, the biblical calendar is just a little different than we would think, because normally you start at the beginning, but Rosh Hashanah isn't the beginning, it's day six. It was the creation of man. And the story, the gospel story, as much as God loved and created everything, his love is with you, is with man. It's not with the trees or the moon or the ocean or those things. He's care, he is the creator and the caretaker of everything, but the calendar itself put its focus on you because Jesus was gonna redeem you. But going forward in this week, today's Friday, September 11th, Sunday night begin would have been the anniversary 5,781 years ago of when God said, let there be light it was the first day. And so the second, third, fourth. And so this week will be create next week. That is will be creation week. Friday night will be day six. And so that'll be the, the literal day of creation in Rosh Hashanah. As we're looking through all of this. So I came on a week early just to get you a little focused so we could, because we we're going to look at the things of, of the stars. So how did they find Jesus? How do we know September? September 11th was the day. So we just read a story from Revelation, this kind of the picture of the woman having a baby and a dragon and all that. It's like, what in the world? Well, we know those stories are written in the sky, and we know if they're talking about a virgin having a baby, we already know it's Bethul or Virgo, and we know this lion, Leo. So we know where these constellations are and when this happens. So if there's a great sign in heaven, speaking about Jesus being born to Mary, we can determine when he would have been born by following and looking at these stars. So when Bethul of the Virgin was clothed with the sun, what month does that happen? That happens every year around September. Now here's the good news, bad news. You can't go out tonight and see Bethul of the Virgin clothed with the sun. Why? Because when the sun's out, you can't see Bethel of the Virgin. You have to see at night when the moon is out. So it's on the opposite side. So, but that's when it is clothed with the sun. So specifically, now going back on star charts, in the year 3 BC, the position of the sun, as described in Revelation 12, could only have occurred August 27th through September 15th. Those are the dates Bethula or Virgo was clothed with the sun. Meanwhile, Obviously, if you kind of watch the stars at night and watch the moon, you know it circles one time in 24 hours. So the moon crossed the Virgin constellation every day and is under her feet each evening. So when do you get the sun and the moon in the right places? Well, in the year 3 BC, the sun and the moon were in the proper position only one time, September 11th. Beginning 6.15 p.m. lasted until 7.45 p.m. So not only do we know when Jesus was born the day, we can tell you the time. It's between 6.15 and 7.45 at night on the first day of Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, which was September 11th. As the new moon appeared, it signaled the beginning of the new lunar month on Tishrei 1. So... If we follow just a signs of Revelation 12, Jesus was born between sunset and moonset on September 11th, 3 BC, on Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. 
interestingly, the enthronement psalms in which Yahweh reigns, that's 47, 93, and Psalms 96 through 99, were all part of the liturgy of the ancient synagogues on this date when he would have been born. We know Adam and Eve were created on Rosh Hashanah. It makes sense that Jesus, the second Adam, who was the creator, would be born then as well. It was also the day God recreated the world. By the first day of the first month of Noah's 600 and first year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. So you get all the things, things happen. It's just a few of them. Jesus was 30 years old at the time of his baptism. Luke tied this event to the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar, which was in 27 to 28 AD. This would then place the birth of Jesus 3 BC. We can also conclude that Jesus' birth was not on the Feast of Tabernacles or on Passover. Remember, we know it's six months from John the Baptist. But which feast do we know? Well, many uh, you know would argue that, but the Feast of Tabernacles and Passover occur in the middle of lunar months, meaning the moon is full. Therefore, there can be no new moon as required by Revelation 12. Only, it's in fact, Rosh Hashanah is the only feast where there's a new moon. The Romans also give us some clues. Jesus could not have been born during any one of the three pilgrim feasts, Passover, Unleavened Bread, Pentecost, or Tabernacles. These were times when all Jewish men in Israel were required by law to be in Jerusalem. The Romans would not have selected any of the pr three primary festival seasons for a census in Israel where they would have to go to their hometown. That would have been crazy. So in order to increase compliance by the Jews, it's very clear they would not have done it at any of those. Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem, not to Jerusalem at the time of his birth. So you know it's not one of those festivals. If you want to add to it, we have the Caesars. 3 BC and 2 BC was a period for celebrating the glory of Rome. 2 BC was the 750th year of the founding of Rome. Caesar Augustus celebrated his 25th year as emperor in 2 BC counted from the time he was proclaimed Augustus in 27. On February 5th of 2 BC, Augustus was awarded his most prestigious title, uh, Pater Patre, Father of the Country. This award confirms the chronology of Jesus' birth because that's when the decree went out from Augustus that the entire Roman people were required to register the Oath of Allegiance in the year prior to the reward. Remember, you're going backwards because we're behind zero, so that was 3 BC. And last of all, when did the Magi arrive to see Jesus? Matthew 2.9. The star they'd seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over a place where the child was. Now, how complicated is that? Well, planets are sometimes called wandering stars. And they may appear to be standing when compared to the backdrop of the stars due to the rotation of the Earth. That's called retrogression. So now remember, we're in B.C., the year zero, before zero, so the numbers get smaller as time passes. Jesus is born September 3 B.C. Then at the end of 2 B.C., about 15 months after his birth, the planet Gad, or Jupiter, appeared at its ordinary time for retrogression. Where was it? Go figure. Directly over Bethlehem. When was it there? December 25th, just before dawn. The planet stopped in retrogression while in the middle of the constellation of Bethula the Virgin. Middle meaning the abdomen, where a woman carries a child in pregnancy. It remained stationary for about six days. Why those six days? What was happening? What happens in December? The eight-day festival called Hanukkah.
The Magi arrived during Hanukkah in 2 BC, right at the time we now celebrate the birth of Jesus at Christmas. Now keep in mind, Hanukkah moves just like every other one, so it could be at the beginning of December or December. That particular time, it happened to be on December 25th. So it gives you a good reason if you want to really enjoy Christmas. It wasn't when he was born, but it's when they, the wise men came and found him. Herod probably had no idea that these Magi were Jews, or that they were probably from the tribe of Judah, and were likely related to Jesus. When they got to Bethlehem, they worshipped Jesus. They saw more than just a king. They recognized the Messiah they'd heard from, from the time of Daniel. But the vast number of Jews in Israel were absolutely unaware. Luke 2 tells us the Magi never returned to Herod and led to a serious reaction. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he determined from the wise men. Again, that helps you settle on the time. Obviously, he didn't want to take any chances of the Magi returning later when the child grew up and crowned him. Uh, crowned him king. He actually killed most of his children, too. He was just not a good guy. The Magi then somewhat disappear back into Persia. Many of them have added all kinds of strange beliefs, as they say, Zoroastrians and all, but many of those Magi are still Christians to this day, and as a result, probably of that 2,000-year-ago journey, the descendants of the Magi still live there. They're in eastern Turkey and Syria. They're called the Kurds.